shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Twenty-two weeks later, veintidós, we're still at this thing. Welcome to episode twenty-two of the Human Hope Podcast with your host Carlos, Enrique, Whitaker, Guzman, Archibol, Cabello, Carlos for short. I thought I'd say it a little slower this week because I think some of you guys want to learn my name. The whole thing. Come at me. Tell me on Instagram tomorrow. Say my full name. Welcome to episode 22. I, you know, let's be honest. There, not, not that like there's such thing as a sophomore slump in the middle of a podcast season, right? Because, I mean, well, maybe sophomore slumps like episode two. But I'm just, I'm telling you, how does one come back from the epicness that was episode 21? I, I don't know if it's possible, so I'm not going to try Last week, we had the brilliant Tony Valentine and his beautiful, beautiful wife, Mickey, on the show. And their love story woo, made some of y'all weepy. Me too. Guys, that, that, that story has been the gift that has just kept on giving, right? Okay, so I guess that came out on Thursday. Let's just, I mean, let's just recap, recap what's happened. We were on Good Morning America on Friday, Michael Strahan straight up gave us the human best humans award to Carlos Whitaker and his Instagram followers. You are award winners. Round of applause for you guys. I mean, and then we went from Good Morning America to I don't know if it was Sunday or Saturday, World News Tonight with David Ruiz. And it just kept going. It was on every single news station in Atlanta. Uh, and then it got picked up by CNN. Then then it got picked up by the Washington Post. Then it got picked up by all the major newspapers. We were like in print editions. Then the phones, I mean, today, like seven days later, I had an interview on Inside Edition. Tony's like, bro, when is this going to stop? Um, it <laughs> Here's, people are desperate for good news. They want good news. And it just kept going. And going when the Washington Post put out a reel on Monday morning with um, with the story on it, like they cut it down to thirty seconds. That that blew up. You know, it's funny when it comes to like um, media and how much influence they actually have. It was really interesting for me to see. You know, like do people hop on Instagram when they're watching Good Morning America? Do people hop on Instagram when they're watching World News Tonight? What's the demographics like? People definitely came over to the Insta Familia when the Washington Post made a reel. That probably was the biggest spike in new family members. So also welcome to all the new family members that have showed up here. 
in the last seven days. So many. I, I think on Instagram alone, it's, I'm at, well, let's see, it was 176, 186, 196, 200,006, 2016, 20. So that was 45,000. <laughs> now, let's be fair. They're just kind of sniffing around. The second I dropped some deep thought on why or how I think we need to fix race relations in America, I'm sure half these people be like, I'm out. Peace. Uh, but maybe half of them won't. Maybe half will be willing to step into hard conversations in a hope-filled way, which is what I try to do. But I just want to say thank you again to the Instant Familia. You guys have been, this is you. I mean, this is really you, right? It is. I am not the hero of this story. You guys came together. Tony's actually the hero of the story. Um, but it was amazing. It, it just, it got my mind spinning and just spinning on what can we do next? And not only do I have ideas, but other organizations, other prolific, uh, what's the word I can use to not give things away? Uh, just people out there want more of this. They want to see more of you doing good. And I'm doing everything I can to decipher, um, to have some discernment and to know what to say yes to and what to say no to so that the Insta Familia can continue to grow and change people's lives. And as we're changing other people's lives, guess what? We're changing our own, right? I mean, I don't know how, about you, how many of you guys felt it. I mean, did you feel it? You, you, do, you do understand, and I think I may have said this last week, that giving, when we give, Science actually tells us that our bodies, our minds, the chemicals in our brains actually change and they shift. That's why it is better to give than to receive. I mean, here's some science real quick. Okay, listen. Research reveals that the act of giving can lower blood pressure. Number one, how many of y'all taking that blood pressure medicine? Start to give. Give somebody something. Watch that thing. This is science. This isn't, this isn't like, I hope it will. This is science. Guess what else it does? It combats loneliness and depression. Well, of course it does. Because when you give, you're, you're connecting your soul to somebody else. And when we do it together as a family, as the Insta Familia, I'm telling you, it raises and it boosts serotonin levels for sure. It's, science shows that it reduces chronic pain and stress all of which can help boost the individual's immune system, fight off disease and promote longer life just by giving, just by giving. I know some of you guys are like, oh, okay, I'm about to start giving it all away. It's so incredible what it can do. Um, there's, there's another scientific study that uh, shows that the act of giving to others, I'm reading this off of um, Science Times. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, psychology today. This is where this comes from. According to psychology today, the act of giving to others may increase the brain's levels of dopamine. Well, hey, that's sweet. We can like get a dopamine response without having to do drugs. A neurotransmitters involved in motivation and reward resulting in a virtual helper's high. So let's, let's go back to the Tony story for a second or Brooklyn to Alaska or when we give to Two Lights Academy or when we gave to my friend Kristen any, any of the times we've given or when you guys gave to me when we were having our, our rough time. The reason it feels so good is because your brain is literally shifting and changing uh, and moving. And so it's it's healthy. It's helpful. Maybe I'll find like a, a giving expert at some point to come up on here uh, and give us their um, their story and maybe help us with our giving story as well. It just was, I mean, this last week, you know, every day I'd wake up and I was like, is it, is it, is this today? It's over. Is this, no, it just keeps going and going and going. Now it has, okay, we're seven days now. It's been one week. It has uh, died, down, died down a little bit, but I've been talking to Tony every single day, every single day. I mean, he texted me a couple hours ago and he's like, Carlos, why do I keep crying? I can't stop crying. You guys have been going by Tony's piano um, at the airport. And taking selfies with him. He feels like Justin Bieber. He's like, I can't get through a song without somebody wanting to take a selfie. That's awesome. Just make sure you keep dropping money in that tip jar. Okay. Tony's still playing for tips. Now he's playing for the love, but he's playing for tips. 
uh, just because there's a lot of people asking, so you know, a lot of people are traveling through Atlanta. The, when Tony normally plays, it is Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. Okay, Monday through th- Thursday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern is when Tony is normally tickling them keys, um, and he's in Concourse A, right at the escalators uh, next to Chick Fil A. That's all you need to know. Okay, get yourself some Christian chicken. Give Tony a tip, take a selfie, and tell him you're part of the Insta Familia. Uh, it's just been awesome. Uh, you know what else has been awesome? My awesome love of a new song. Uh, I can't stop singing it. My family is mortified because I, I'm not a very good singer. I never have been. I used to get paid to sing. But I think I didn't get paid to sing. I got paid to like make people excited about singing which is a little bit different. That's what worship leaders do in churches, right? You don't have to have a great voice. Everyone else is in the room is singing. Why do you, you don't have to have a great voice. So I have an okay voice. I could, you know, carry a tune. But this song, Bet on Fire by Teddy, Teddy Swims. You guys know that song? I, it's a little bit of a dream of mine to actually get Teddy on my podcast. Um, he actually, you know, I, I mean, I, there's not a lot of people I get like freaked, celebrified on Instagram. Uh, but I tagged him in a post this last week while I was traveling, and he he replied he DM'd back to me like thank you so much that means the world I was like oh my gosh but you guys know the song I'm talking about Bet on Fire I mean, don't make me sing it if you're gonna leave me leave me in the middle of the night over oh, the bed on fire I told you put the bed on fire. And let it burn, let it burn, let it burn all the way to the ground. I mean, guys, <laughs> my tip jar is open. I've been singing that horribly around my house nonstop. And my family's like, will you stop singing that song? That is the most catchy song of 2021. Absolutely. It may have come out in 2020. I don't know. I just I just learned about Teddy. If anybody knows Teddy, that, that guy... His voice in and of itself is hope-filled, and I would love to get him on the podcast on Human Hope. So, I mean, I don't know. Any of y'all know Teddy? Tell him to hit me up on Instagram. Maybe we can get him on the show. Woo! Speaking of human hope, speaking of human hope in conjunction, conjunction? Is that the word? Conjunction. <laughs> Not conjunction. In conjunction with Instagram. The podcast and Instagram, because let's be honest, I mean, this that's what this podcast is. It's like I, I do Instagram for a week, and then I come over here and I talk about it longer. And we'll have a couple things here and there that we talk about that's not on there, but this is just long form of what I talk about every day. Um, Something I wanted to do this week is bring in two things. I wanted to bring in you, which I've done, and you guys have left me some great content that we're going to get into in a second. But also I wanted to bring in my daughter, Sohela. And see, this is the overarching theme of today's episode. Giving, yet also overcoming. Mm, We got ings everywhere, okay? Because when you give somebody something else, You're giving them the opportunity to overcome something in their life, right? That's the whole point of giving is overcoming. So Hala, my daughter, has an incredible story of overcoming. Uh, For a lot of you guys weren't around. This was like uh, November 2000 and October, November 2019. Uh, I think think there was 40,000 of you guys. Uh, No, maybe... 30,000 of you guys on Instagram over there. And we had the 21 days of hell uh, where my 17 year old at the time was admitted to Vanderbilt University Medical Center in massive pain, chest pain. Um, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And so I'm, we're going to get into that story of my daughter overcoming, uh, but a gift that really gifts that really helped her overcome. And none of them were financial. Because when you give somebody something, you are giving them the opportunity to overcome. Giving equals overcoming. And when you see someone else overcome because of what what you've given them, that in turn 
comes bouncing back to you, right? Give and it will come back to you. It, it really will. It may not come back to you in dollars. It may not come back to you in the same act. But when you give, it allows people to overcome. So we're going we're to talk to Sohela. And so many of you guys, have you been, you've been wanting this conversation for a long time. And I'm excited that you're going to get it tonight. Um, and I'm just going to ask her how she's doing, what, how she felt in there, what she's learned from her 21 days of intense pain. And how the gifts that were given to her allowed her to overcome. Also, I asked you guys on Instagram a couple days ago, what has been the most impactful gift that was ever given to you? And without even me having to give a sermon on giving equals overcoming, you guys let me know how gifts that were given to you helped you overcome an obstacle. And it is just a beautiful thing. Um, so. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to invite my beautiful 19-year-old daughter, Sohela Teresa Whitaker, to sit down with us, the Human Hope Familia, and the Insta Familia, and give us her story of overcoming that you guys have been waiting for a long, long time to hear. Here's my conversation with my beautiful daughter, Sohela Whitaker. All right, so I got you here. It's me. <laughs> so Hala is me. down in the Human Hope Podcast Studios. Yes, I am. It's my basement. It's in your basement, mm -hmm. and um, you just got back from a date. I did with your my boyfriend. Your boyfriend. What? What did you guys shout do? out? Brady. Uh, yeah, we went to Jenny's. If oh, okay. any of these Nashvilleian people know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Jenny's ice cream. Jenny's ice cream is the best. We went to Jenny's and then we went and sat on top of the parking garage, Aww. ate it, and talked. Oh, that's sweet. It was classic. Did you kiss? Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're okay. not even like a minute in. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. A lot of these, actually, most of these people weren't because I think I only had like 30,000 Instagram You didn't followers. have many. Uh, when you went into the hospital in 2019, 2019, was it, it was, November. it was well, actually, no, cause it was you, October. It was, it was like literally the day of. Yeah. And you, and, and overarching, you spent 21 days in there. Correct. Let's go to the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, let's, uh, let's go to New York. New York. I love that city. You do. Uh, but you weren't, I didn't get to you experience good. it. The way I usually do. T tell us, tell us a little bit about about what got you into the hospital. Get, I want, I want to hear your version of this because me and mom talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. But like, talk to me a little bit. I, I, this may be triggering for me, but I'll take some deep breaths <laughs> to get through it. So, t talk to me about what you were feeling and and kind of your your point of view on getting to, to what to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, pretty much. And we went to New York. We were planning this trip to New York for yeah. a while. And the week leading up, actually, like, I guess, like, two weeks leading up to the trip, my chest, like, randomly just started to hurt. Um, yeah. And I started working out, like, a mm. lot. Um, not, like, too much, but, like, way more than I ever had before. And it was great. And I was, like, feeling strong. And so I thought maybe I, like, pulled something, like, if I was doing a plank or whatever. And so... I told mom a couple times, I was like, my chest really hurts. Like, I don't know what it is, but it would like come up, but then it would like fade away and it wasn't anything major. And so when we went to New York, um, I don't even remember if it was the first day. That trip, to just be blatantly honest, oh. I don't remember very much of yeah. because I wasn't very, mm. you know, aware yeah. because of the pain I was in. Um, I am a big... I love travel, like my family, obviously. And so when I couldn't ex like experience one of my favorite cities, I knew something was like off. Yeah. Um, my chest was not, not great. Mm. Like I felt like there was like a bricks like laid on top of my, just, just my chest. And whenever I would breathe, it felt like they were like getting like, yeah. pushed into me almost. And and we were 
like staying at a hotel. Mm-hmm. It was all hurt, of us, all of us in a room, and you were in so much pain. I like think it was literally the first day. Uh huh. Mom was laying in the mm-hmm. bed with you to help you go to sleep because I took like ibuprofen and that did nothing, mm-hmm. and like. I was worn out, even though like we literally landed, went straight to the hotel room yeah, and I was just sleeping. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And so we, I end up like, and it's to the point where I can't lay down. That's another right, thing. Right. Like I'm like sitting up and like, as soon as I lay down, it's almost like gravity, like pushed. It literally felt like, imagine like having like a stack of bricks yeah, and then laying down with the bricks. Uh-huh. And it's like, pushing into my like I could not breathe that's the other thing like well that's the main thing I could not breathe like my and it wasn't like it was funny because I didn't feel like my lungs it felt like my chest right because we thought we were thinking it was your heart exactly we did go through that doctors Mm -hmm. I remember that and I just remember this was like the we were only there like two days I think and yeah it's like the second day they were like we were like should we go to a hospital here Mm -hmm. and Two of the doctors that we knew were like, don't go to a hospital there. Yeah. Just I wait. I think you can get home. Yeah. And hindsight being 2020, had we been admitted to a hospital there. Exactly. We would have been in New York for 21 days, like mm-hmm. getting mediocre care. So. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so we, you know, I'm, I'm actually like, I was not okay. Like I, I hate to see you in pain, obviously. And little did I know that this was just the beginning of, yeah. of seeing you in pain, but we we get you on a plane, mm-hmm. we fly home, mm-hmm. and we're still thinking like, you know, this maybe maybe it's pneumonia, maybe yeah. it's. And I even remember like the last night of New York being so terrible. Yeah, like so terrible. Like I remember like being like Jesus, like help me please, because mm-hmm. I did not want to go to the hospital in New York. Yeah, I would rather be home with my dog and yeah. in my own bed. Um. And so we flew, was it? Did we, we, flew? We, we, we fly home, but uh-huh. I left you guys because I had to fly right. to Charlotte. I did. Mm-hmm. And, and I just remember going to my hotel, being so worried about you. Mm-hmm. And mom's like, she's going to be okay. And yeah, then you she, went. She you, kept telling me. Yeah. She's like, you're fine. you're fine. And you went to see your pediatrician here. Your yes, doctor. I did first. They did it. They did an x-ray. They did an x-ray. I went to an x-ray. And then they called mom and was like, we see like lymph nodes, I think. Yep. I think they called them. See, I get. Swollen lymph nodes. I have very, very bad eczema. Um, and so like I itch and I, you know, scratch myself. So yeah. it's an open wound. So lymph nodes are very common for me. Like I just get them in my head a lot or like around my neck and stuff. And so them saying that wasn't like alarming. Right. You know? And so. But what was alarming, I did not hear this, but mom said that they called her and they're like, hey, we see lymph nodes. Um, we'll call you back. Like, I think, like, let us know in like a couple of days if she's feeling worse or right. the same because they were still concerned instead of just being like right, right. lymph nodes, you know? Yeah. Um, like there is something different about these. And so. So, so you have one more night at home. I get home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we're like, let's go to church. Like, and you were hurting. I was I was very much hurting. Uh uh-uh. uh. We went to urgent care. Oh, you went to urgent care. We went first. to urgent care first, and they turned us around. Yeah, they, they, they said like, nothing was wrong with me. Yeah, and I'm like, I felt so discouraged. Yeah. Like I was sobbing with mom, and Shelly Griffin came over mm-hmm. and like was like, no, like it's okay, it's okay. And I it it's so funny because I look back and I'm like. There were so many people around me, yeah. even before I even went into the yeah. hospital. Like people were just checking up on me and I'm eternally grateful for that. Yeah. And like we went to church because mom's like, hey, I'm going to church. And I'm like, I need to go. It was too. Tuesday night because mm-hmm. I had gotten home. And I mean, I'll be honest, with you, like right now, I'm like having the hardest time even remembering all of this. Not, harding, not hardest time as far as like remembering it. But, well, I'm like feeling yeah some feelings right now. Yeah. Um, we go to church. Um, I'm just like, dear Jesus, make this pain stop. Were you at church? Yes, you passed by me. No, I know. But did I walk by you when I was leaving? You walked by me because you were crying. You were in so Mm -hmm. much pain. Mm -hmm. And mom was. was At the front. Because me and mom went to the front and you came in. And I turned around after worship because it was so bad. And you saw me. I saw you, the pain in your Mm -hmm. eyes. And mom 
followed you mm-hmm. and you're in the back. And what, what happened back there? I think you went to the bathroom. I think you were. I did. Did she ask you, do you want to go to the hospital? That was, I went to the bathroom and I was freaking out because I was alone. And I was like, why can't I breathe? Like, I mm. felt like I was suffocating. Yeah. Like, I could not breathe and I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know if it was like the stress, like the like the beat of the drums, yeah. like in um, church, like was like killing my chest. Yeah. Like it, everything was so just amplified, Yeah, you know, yeah. like everything was just like, I don't know. It, it felt, it was just scary. Like yeah. I didn't experience that. And so like I was in the bathroom and then mom's like, mom kind of like pulls me out and then she's like, are you okay? And I said, I can't breathe. And she's like, do we need to go to the hospital? And I was like, yes, like we need to. And you guys have asked, like you asked me that before. And I was like, nope. And I'm, I'm pretty tough. Like I can handle a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of pain, a lot of pain. And yet, like, this is the first time I was like, like, it's probably not a good idea for me to. And then, and then mom comes up to me Mm -hmm. and, um, she says, we need to go to the hospital. And, Oh, Jesus. Like I, dad's worst nightmare. And when, by the time we get in the car, you were in so much pain. I, it like, it, it like, I, it's grew. almost like, it's almost like I realized it because mm. I felt like I was almost like, now that I look back, I almost was like, I can do it. Like, this is not going to last long. Yeah. But then once I realized like, it's not going away, it's not going away. It hurt. Like I, it's, I don't yeah. know. It did. It, it got more intense. So we sprint to Vanderbilt and, um, you, we initially go to the adult ER, uh, mm-hmm. and then immediately they they're doing all the tests on you, mm-hmm. checking your heart, uh, and then they. <laughs> I was being so tough. I was like, I literally, I remember mom got so mad at me because I wasn't really telling the truth. Right, because they're like, "How? What's your pain?" You're like, "Uh, I'm like a five. Yeah, and and <laughs> we were like, "No, like this is because we know you." And mm-hmm. that was the point actually where I just took a picture of the floor yeah. of the hospital and you put it and on I put it on my Instagram. Instagram. I yeah. said, and all it said was. Please pray. So Hala's in massive pain. We're at the hospital. Please pray. And my phone just started blowing up and mm-hmm. people started sharing it. And you went in and they couldn't control your pain for a couple hours, I feel like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we got transferred to children's. Yeah, we got transferred in the, in the children's mm-hmm. and um, they are they're just working. They're trying to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. Trying to figure out what's wrong. They finally give you tons of pain meds. Tons. And it and it it. It lowers it. Yeah, yeah it for lowers sure. The it did. They take you to do a, was it MRI or CAT scan? CAT scan. Everything was CAT scan. I don't think I did MRI. Okay. And so they CAT scan you uh, and they come back and you're in the room and this you're is, texting some of your friends. What time is this though? This is probably- Because we got done midnight. at like eight because yeah. we left because church started at 730. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just worship. I think I even left in the middle of yeah, worship. Yeah, you left in the middle of worship. And so this is probably, though, around 11, 1130. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came back in, I don't know, 20 minutes later, and they said, it looks like she's got pneumonia. Yes. And we're, we're like, we're, oh, yes. Yes, and we're like, we're you probably going to have to admit relieved. her mm-hmm. uh, for a few days, and then she's going to be fine. Um, but I also heard pneumonia, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can handle pneumonia. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people have handled pneumonia. And then, so then now I want you to give your perspective of what happened next, because I've, I've got my version, mm-hmm. but when the doctors came back after they came back in, they said, actually, they we looked did. at it again. Yes. I, um, it was you who was in the room. You mom. I remember actually where you and mom were. Maybe, there was someone maybe else. Ketrick. Was it Ketrick? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Ketrick. Um, it was, mom was like in the corner. I was in the bed. You were with Ketrick. Mm-hmm. And the doctor that had been like looking after me all night kind of comes in. And she like looks at me and looks at mom and you. And like you could tell something yeah. just by her face. And yeah. it's like, okay, like what is it? Like, but <laughs> I I just wasn't expecting what she was going to say because yeah. she got on her like yeah. knees, like she squatted and like yeah. held on to my bed and like looked at me and she's like, in the kindest way you could say it, mm-hmm. she's like, um, we think we see lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, oh, you started wondering what I lymphoma wonder, was. Yeah, like. and like I've heard the name and I heard the diagnosis before, uh -huh. but once I saw mom's face, I was like, cancer. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. And so like I instantly knew. But then, so you guys, I actually don't remember your faces. I remember mom sobbing. Yeah. Like instantly. Yeah. And then the doctor's talking. I'm not listening to her. I'm kind of in my own like shocking. Yep. Like I'm just shocked. Like I don't yeah. know what to make of it. Like I remember like laying there and being like, oh, like cancer? Me? Yeah. yeah. You know? Like. I, that never in a million years crossed my mind. And like, it was just shocking. Yeah. And I remember being like, I'm okay. Like, I'll be fine. I actually, it's so sweet of Jesus. Like I had no fear. You didn't actually. I, I didn't remember. have any fear. And yeah, I saw fear in your face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally a lot of it. And mom's face. But I felt, I was like, I don't know. I just felt very confident in mm -hmm. my story. Like I, I knew like this ain't, this this isn't, ain't it. This isn't it. And, and, and I, when she told me that, yeah, I was, I was completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at you while she was looking at me saying, lymphoma and I said baby do you understand what lymphoma means and you go, yeah yeah remember I remember that I remember being like and yeah. I remember crying because yep. I remember it obviously like shock you feel a lot but then also nothing at the same time so yeah. like I'm crying yet I'm like almost fearless but I'm also mm -hmm. you're emotional about I'm it emotional I'm like cancer <laughs> like yeah. you don't hear that word yeah thrown around and and so they, I, I I actually you didn't see this because I I walked out when she left and I went straight into the bathroom and I like dry heaved like mm -hmm. I I just started dry heaving like no throat was coming out but I was feeling it and I just looked in the mirror and kind of like shook my face and and I was like okay okay and it kind of just took about two seconds for me and God to like shore up. Mm -hmm what needed to be inside of me in that moment. And mm -hmm. I just remember walking in going like, okay, what's, what, what are we doing? What's yeah, the next what's step? It? Where are we going? And they're like, we're going to move you to, to the, the to the oncology floor. Yeah. Um, and we're, and we're going to start, we're going to do a biopsy and we're going to start. Um, I think they said we're going to start treatments like tomorrow. Like they did. They said it's so, what did they say? They said like this, um, this is so like it's growing very fast. So we have yeah. to get on it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I just, <laughs> I remember thinking, but I've grown my hair out so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. It's like those little things yeah. that got me, which yeah. is so random. Instead of like, you know, thinking cancer, I mm -hmm. thought like, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and you were also in massive pain, massive mm -hmm. pain still. Like the pain was just. Let's not forget about that. It was so much. And it was. The drugs terrible. that they were putting you on, like. Um, they couldn't it, go. It, they couldn't go any higher with it. And we move and and we have the longest night ever. And, you know, again, I'm not going to, I don't want to spend the entire podcast um, going about day by day of your hospital visit, but we, I don't remember we, day by day. well, no, you definitely don't remember most <laughs> of the hospital. It was, it, and you can actually, you guys, if you want to go on my Instagram, I mm -hmm. still have Sohala Hospital one through six. You can actually watch the whole thing there. The whole thing. Um, which is crazy. I did it the other week. And, um, but here, Real quick, we get in there. Yep. Um, you're out. You're on drugs. Me and mom are yeah. sleeping in this tiny little room, looking at each other like, okay, what's our life the next, you know, this next season? Um, and we just started praying. And we just started praying. You know, we go to a church where we specifically pray mm -hmm. against disease. And, yep. you know, we, that that's how we do it. Other people that listen to this podcast may not do it that way, may not have the same belief system, but that's what got us through this. Yeah. And the next morning uh, we're praying and... Um, they're supposed to take you to the bi for biopsy. Again, yes. you're out at this point. So Hila's just on drugs. She is in massive pain. <laughs> Not aware she doesn't anything. remember anything. But nope. you were in so much pain, you'd wake up screaming. And as dad, like you're you're 17, but it was like, ooh, oh, I'm not gonna cry right now, but it was like the worst, the worst, the worst. And and then we had our friends Jamie uh and Rob and Charlie and Eve, maybe yeah. just Eve there. And they didn't bring you, they didn't take you for the biopsy all no. day long. And then they finally came back like 5 p.m. the next day, the whole oncology floor, all the doctors. And I'll never forget the moment. They looked at us and they said, okay, sorry, we've been st studying the scans. 
Uh, we redid another scan and we now no longer think it's lymphoma. Yeah. We think this is an infection. Yeah. You know, we're going to take a really quick pause because I know how traumatic health crises could be. Uh, I, I really think that this fits in because I really needed to talk to somebody, um, not only during the time while my daughter was in the hospital, but after. And I honestly, it, it was hard. It, it was hard to um, find the time to get away uh, from the house and get away from my kids and get away from the hospital and get away from, it was 24 seven. And listen, better help can be, I wish I had it during that season because um, I could have used it. I could have used the fact that I can find and you can find an actual licensed clinical therapist on your phone and you can talk to them. You can have appointments. It's all virtual. So no matter what kind of trauma you're going through, I promise you that there's a therapist that they can match you up with um, that starting right now, you can begin to have these conversations that are going to lead you towards a little bit more freedom and a little bit more healing. So just for the Human Hope listeners, if you go to betterhelp.com slash human hope, that's betterhelp.com slash human hope, you guys will get 10% off of your first month. I believe so much in this. I wish I had it. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the conversation. And still not knowing the next 21 days of my life, that was the greatest news I've ever heard in my life. Now, do you even remember that? I do. And I remember being like, all right, it's not cancer. Yeah, yeah. Like I was not. You actually, I, I feel like you I, actually were saying that it's not cancer to us. I didn't. I, I actually believed like I was like, I don't think like it didn't feel right, you yeah. know, or it. And I, I don't know what it's like to have sure. cancer. So I don't know if you know or if right. you don't, but I didn't feel like I did. Mm -hmm. um, at least like I just, I didn't. And so when they said it, I was like, yeah, no, that seems more right. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so they said that you were relieved. <laughs> I crumbled on the ground you and started literally, I remember like looking down. I also was like, so not there yeah but i just remember like, looking down at you and be like oh no he's happy yeah. like that's just yeah. the, the only thing i could get like only emotion i could have out of that is like yeah oh yeah he's happy yeah yeah i was <laughs> it was it it changed everything and then mm -hmm. they then they started you on antibiotics and none of them worked and we, they nope. still they couldn't figure out and then they brought Seven days later, you're in the hospital. They brought cancer back, back. on the table. They're like, none yeah. of the antibiotics are working. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's cancer again. So then we're praying again. And then, you know, we had some low, low, low points. Low, low, low. Okay, so that's 20 minutes of kind of getting us there. Um, I want to know what did, what did the hospital, what did those 21 days in the hospital um, do for you? I mean, it grew me. How? How? I mean, spiritually, How? number one. In regards to, I had to put my full trust and my full, like, all of my dependence on my life on Jesus. Mm. Like, mm. I remember, like, there were two times where I thought this could be it. Okay, tell us about those mm. or one. One of them was, <laughs> at this point, I don't even remember like time but mm -hmm. I just remember I would have these dreadful coughing fits yeah like I could not 
breathe yeah. at all. Like I could not, they, they, I don't even. I remember. Uh, I pretty sure I blocked them all out of my mind yeah. except this one. Like I was sitting there and I actually think I had the tube in me. That's why it hurt mm-hmm. so bad. I, I had um, in my, this lung, mm-hmm. I had f- like just fluid yeah. filled the whole thing. And the whole thing was the filled. whole thing, and like only what forty percent of this lung was working. Yeah, and so like my what is this right lung? Yeah, had a tube in it that drained. They had like some surgery. I don't know what it's called, but um, they stuck a tube in me, and it had like this container at the end of it. This that, was like day eleven. That was filled with the fluid from my lung. Yeah, tasty. Mm-hmm, and it hurt. To say the least, like the coughing fits oh. with that combined were unreal. Like yeah. it just felt like someone was constantly stabbing me. Yeah. And this coughing fit went on for like six plus hours mm-hmm. and I couldn't breathe for six hours. And there was one time where I was like, I don't know if I can take another breath. Yeah. Like I was worn out because I had coughed like before the six hours, two hours before that for like four hours. And yeah. it was just constant on a loop and a loop. And I could not, my lungs couldn't take a break. And I just remember like having to close my eyes, but I was scared to close my eyes. Mm, why? Because I didn't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. And it's, I mean, I'm going to get emotional. It's okay, baby. It was scary. Yeah. And I think like, I just had to close my eyes and mm-hmm. like think, Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. just Jesus. And, and I remember like Alex, the first or second day she came. Um, our pastor. Our pastor, yeah. She she told me like, when you're in need, look in his eyes. Like mm-hmm. just look in his eyes. Yeah. And so I closed my eyes and I looked into his and like... I felt peace and I felt calm and he, he was like, this ain't, this ain't it. Mm, like, this isn't it. Just breathe, just do. And I just like had a moment with him like where he was like, <sighs> like guiding me through each, every breath. Wow. And it was like, that's all, that's all I have to do is just breathe. I've been doing that all my life. Yeah. So it's, he's like, that's the one thing you honestly like need for survival in every second is just breath yeah and so just breathe and so i breathed and i breathed again and i just took every breath with intentionality of living Hmm. and that and it's funny because like i realized like (laughs) we take such things for granted yeah like some people right now cannot breathe Hmm. like they can't and yet we're breathing right now. Like we're just doing it without thinking of it. And I had to put my full dependence on every breath, every breath. And it was, I don't know. It was building in strength too. Okay. Cause like I was able to be like, I'm capable, like Mm -hmm. I'm capable of breathing, even though like that's such a small, I can do another one. Like it's just, I felt like that was like, like running a marathon is yeah. just one breath. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All the things. Mm. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think my faith was tested and it grew. Yeah. Very much throughout that entire time. Um, my confidence level honestly grew too okay so tell me about that what what did what did the pain how did the pain deliver confidence to you um i think i already knew i had a high pain tolerance but like once it was really tested yeah i was able to be like oh i can handle anything because every single night and people who don't like needles like block this out of your mind but Every single night, they would give me a shot at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And I would be awakened up by these bright lights every single night at 4 a.m. 
I guess morning for them. Yeah. <laughs> and they would give me a shot. One in um like the um what is this called? IV. Yeah, one in the IV and one in my shoulder yeah. every night. And there were big needles. Yeah. And they hurt. (laughs) They were not fun, but it happened every night. And I just had to be like, that's okay. Like I can do it. Also, I had to take the most disgusting pill I've ever had to take in my life. Yeah. Like those 21 days. It was the nastiest thing. we, We also, you know, Ended up finding out she had histoplasmosis. Oh yeah, that's the, which is the which basically the the what they saw was a tumor was wasn't a tumor. What Mm-mm, was it? Mass. It was a mass. It was a fungus. It was a f- yeah. It's it, such a gross. Yeah, word. It was, you had a fungus in that they had to had kill as an antifungal yeah. um, medicine. And yeah, babe, like you're. Uh, I don't know how you did it. Like I, mm-hmm. it, I don't either. It was supernatural. It was that's. That's exactly what it was. Supernatural. It, it was supernatural. What were some of um, you know, I'm talking about about giving mm-hmm. and how giving leads to overcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stories that people are have called in, you know, about the most impactful gifts that they've ever been given have led to overcoming. You overcame a lot in those 21 days. Um, what were some of the gifts that you were given uh, that helped you overcome while you were in there? Um. I mean, we were talking about this before, but like community, mm-hmm. just, I mean, gosh, that gift is so needed in a time of isolation. Cause like, obviously I was, it wasn't COVID time yet. Right. It, we were just months we before were COVID. Months. Like this was, was November and yeah. COVID came around, what? February? February, March. Mm-hmm. Um, And I remember like, obviously I'm the one who's sick. Yeah. So I felt isolated in a sense, like, a, I don't know. I carried a lot of weight on my shoulders. Of yeah. Like I had to do this. But as soon as more people like um, came to visit or mm-hmm. even texted me, and it's so funny because <laughs> I was getting so many text messages and I read every single one of them, but I literally could not type back right like I literally would look at them and like be filled with like hope yeah you know just from people being like hey you'll probably not see this but I'm literally praying for you every single day and and, okay so tell me like because as somebody that hasn't been through something like that like I've been on obviously I was with you but Mm -hmm. it wasn't me do those text messages that people send actually mean something yes yes yeah I was going to make a joke. I was going to be like, not like the use essential oils. And oh, those text messages. Those hey, are not. I know you have histoplasmosis <laughs> and your lung is about to explode, but just rub a little of uh, this breathe. frankincense yeah, on your nose breathe. and you'll be healed. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. That was not very encouraging, yeah. but everything else was. Everything else you was. Know? So community. Mm-hmm. Oh, a thousand that, that was big. Um, what about what about some of the gifts that you were getting from from the the team there like the oh my god t- talk to us about that i honestly cannot even fathom how much i love the nurses i was given yeah like there were a few that i didn't connect with but there were like three that mm-hmm. were like my rock yeah. honestly um there was a night nurse named sarah who's with us for the first like week and that was the hardest pain. And she, you know, helped me through that just yeah. with mom and like talking to mom because you weren't there. Right. Um, I was only dad, there in, in, in the, the evenings first, the first two, the two first or three two, nights. Yeah. And so. And then we have other kids. So I had to. Go home. Yeah. And Sarah was like mom's emotional support. Like yeah. she would come and check on me every three hours. And that's the other thing. Like I did not sleep mm. like at all. Like, cause they had to check on me or they had to, or I was in so much pain. I could not sleep, you yeah. know? Um, but Sarah was a rock from, I saw for mom and myself. And, um, and then there's this one, um, nurse. What's her name? Do you remember? Oh, I remember her. She was, she was older. She was older. Yeah. Um, she was the kindest African-American woman. Yeah. I think I've ever met. Yeah. And she, 
fought for me. Her mm-hmm. and this nurse named like Delane, mm-hmm. Delana, Delaney, something with a D. Um, I hate that I don't remember their names oh, because okay. I so do. Yeah, like they're in my journal. Yeah. I can promise you that. Um, but, but there was a night where you needed more medicine, pain medicine, because I was in terrible pain, and the doctors weren't giving it to Mm-mm. you. And so they they went after those doctors they and they said, "Hey, you. she needs these." And then after like hours of yeah, you know, I'm like, "Hey, help this girl! Like, help this yeah. kid." They finally were like, okay, okay. And so then I went to sleep. Yeah. Like I was fine <laughs> after they fought for me. Yeah. And uh, there's something about like seeing their strength. The nurses. The nurses' strength that impacted my strength. So they were giving you their mm-hmm. strength. Don't even get me started on Come Alex. On. Okay, let's go. Let's start on Alex. I love Alex. Um, Who's Alex? My main nurse, my yeah. day nurse. She was literally my rock. Mm. I've, I'm going to cry again. Okay. She was like. Why? Why was she your rock? She was like my friend. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like she would help me breathe and she would help. Mm-hmm. She would. She was hilarious. So she would make <laughs> me laugh. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, that hurts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would say that a lot to her. Um, but she walked with me and she taught me things and um she also just made me feel like I wasn't sick yeah and I think that was really important Mm because I felt helpless in Mm -hmm. a sense like I felt like I couldn't help but be the sick one the one that's Mm -hmm. like obviously in a hospital room can't breathe with the tube out of her like Mm -hmm. I, that almost became my identity, mm-hmm. but I felt like she helped me not not identify as the sick kid. Yeah, I felt like she was like, "Oh, you're just here temporarily. Like yeah. you're gonna get through this, and you're gonna be fine." And you're and she was talking about running. <laughs> she was talking about like running. Um, I think it was a half marathon. Really? While we were in the hospital, and I was like, she would tell me stories of like. Her, um, like, getting shoes or, like, doing stuff. And I was, like, so interested. And it's so funny now because now we're training for a marathon. I mean, okay, let's save that in a second. Okay, okay. I'll save it. That's just a little bit of a... Yeah, a little teaser. Sprinkle right there. Um, But she she was my friend. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for her. Well, what what I love about that, Sohaila, is that, you know, these, these nurses... And your community were giving you, they, they weren't giving you money, right? Nope. Like, like so many people think that like the only way to like affect someone is to give them money. No, 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 no. But no. you weren't given money. You were given strength. Strength. You were given words. And love. You were and given love. It was what carried me on. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I didn't have that, it would have wrecked me. Yeah. And, 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 and this is what we think too. This is what is freaky. This was only, if you would have gotten this three months later, you would have been alone. Alone. Yeah. Not even with mom, right? Uh, No, you would have been. I think they would have let mom in as a COVID, but. But like now I wouldn't have. No, No, because you're 19 19 now. Um, But, you know, it was, again, you guys can go watch the the highlights. All the emotions are there. Um, (laughs) You know, obviously it affected our entire family. Yes. Um, But. Uh, you know, you came home, started a very slow recovery, very which slow. led into COVID quarantine. And, yeah. you know, I mean, a year ago, even a year ago today. Okay. So we're in July. I don't feel like you could walk. Oh, no, no, no. Because in July, we went to Colorado mm-hmm. and I did that. We went hiking for the fly fishing thing. Remember yeah. we yeah. did that? Um, and I was like, I had to walk through water. Yeah. And my legs. Yeah. And chest like everything was like I was worn out that day and it hurt like I definitely could not walk like when I got home I couldn't walk to the bathroom right oh yeah no you couldn't even do that no and then and then you know as we began we were like okay you're gonna walk to the mailbox today Mm -hmm. yeah and then you walk to to the mailbox and we walked to Sydney's three houses down yeah you know and then I'll never forget the first time we went around the block I mean it took so long it literally took like 
and and you were what, crying five minutes. Yeah, and it hurts you so bad, and it hurt us so bad. But um, you know, now look, go ahead. And, why don't you tell everybody? <laughs> why did Ju- I? Ju- July twenty eighth. Why don't you pull up your little Apple your little watch. app? Yeah. Um, why don't you let everybody know what you did? So this morning, right? Yeah. It is the heat yeah. of Nashville right now. Oh, so like, it is is dreadful outside. And yesterday, I decided to go on a run at like ten, mm-hmm. and the sun wore <laughs> me out. I usually. So dad said that he would buy us an Apple Watch yep. if we ran a marathon. Yeah. So uh, we're running a marathon. And so how many miles did you run yesterday? Or um, was it today? Well, yesterday I ran like four. Yeah. You know, just No four. big deal. No more. Just four no, miles. Just four miles. And when did you run seven? Today. Today. 7.3. Is that the most you've, you've run? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so I woke up at 6 a.m. Uh-huh. Got my tennis shoes on. Yeah. Went outside and just started running. Yeah. And it was cool. There were no bugs hitting me. Yeah. And I was just vibing, honestly. Yeah. I was yeah. just running. And then it got to like five miles. Yeah. And I was like, how did it get to five miles? And then I was like, what if I do, what if I do a 10K? Yeah. So I got to 10K and I was like, like halfway home. And I was like, what if I just run home? And by the time I ran home, it was like 7.3 miles. That's I was like, how did, how did that happen? I'm. Babe, I'm so proud of you. Thanks. You, um, you, you are the epitome and the picture of strength. Um, but I love that you know that that strength was, was given to you by not only people, mm-hmm. but who? Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a you know, big, it, big it, um, it you you are, oh, I just I just I just love you. I'm so proud of you. Um, anything else you want to say to these people? Um, you're capable hmm. of anything. Yeah, you don't want to see coming or do see coming. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I. At points, I didn't think I was capable, but I showed myself I was. Yeah. So show yourself you are. Boom. Drop the mic. That's it. Yay. Show yourself you are. My God, I love you so, Hala. I'm so proud of you. That was um, more than I think I anticipated it was going to be affect me. Um you know, I have, I've dealt with all that. I've, I've taken it to Jesus. I've done everything I need to do, but I've never talked about it to that depth with her. Um, and just watching her right next to me, she's not with me anymore, but watching um, and watching the strength and determination in her eyes did something to me, right? Because when we are giving, other people are overcoming and just to hear what, Healthcare workers did for her and how when they would give her something, it would allow her to overcome something. Uh, and I know that you guys have these stories too. And so we're going to, we're going to transition here. We're going to move towards some of your stories of somebody giving you something so you can begin to overcome something. Because when you give somebody something, you can give them a dollar. You can give them your strength. You can give them your will. You can give them your focus. You can give them your faith. When you guys give, it actually leads people to be able to overcome whatever obstacles in their way. And you guys have these stories. So we're going to listen to a few now. Here we go. Hi, I'm Dawn from Scotland. In the United Kingdom and we were given a deposit for our very first flat um, to stay in when we were married and that was completely out of the blue. Um, A a retired lady in church had asked me questions about where we were moving and I said yeah we'd saved up enough for a deposit to buy a flat and 
the next week she handed me an envelope and said, oh, that's for you. And I, I thought it was a card and I opened it and there was enough for another deposit for our flat, which meant we could um, afford more and move into the property that we really wanted. So, yeah, that was the best unexpected gift I've ever been given. My name is Amanda Garner and I'm an elementary school teacher in Colorado. The most impactful gift that I have ever been given is a spatula and there is a story behind it. We were working on letter writing in my classroom right around Christmas time and in my teacher example I mentioned a few things that I needed for a new apartment that I had moved into and I didn't think anything of it. But the next day, I walked back in after school and one of my students had left a spatula for me. And she wanted to make sure that I had what I said I needed for my kitchen. Hi, Carlos. This is Dave Hughes and uh, I'm I'm Rachel's dad on Instagram. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I have a daughter with special needs and my wife just got diagnosed with breast cancer and Prior to this, I'd been thinking of buying a, a generator um, for home use when power is out because uh, my youngest daughter needs it and uh, at times for oxygen and things like that. And I had a friend just recently, he knew I was considering buying one and was researching it. And what he did was went and bought it himself and dropped it off at my house and it's sitting here in my garage uh, ready to go and it just touched my heart because uh, he didn't even ask, he just he just went and did it and it was uh, just very special. Anyway, just wanted to share that. Thanks for all you do, bye. Good morning, Carlos from Knoxville, Tennessee. This is Jody Lynn and a big impact on us is that we received word last night from our pastor and his wife that my husband's funeral expenses have been paid in full. He passed away um, at the beginning of this month. So thank you for all that you do. You guys are a huge blessing. Hey, Carlos, it's Kate from Gilbertsville, Pennsylvania. And the most impactful gift that I've ever received was a kidney from my big brother, which has also given me the opportunity to have my second child. Life is beautiful and I am forever grateful. Life is beautiful and I'm forever grateful. You know, one of the things that they tell you in group therapy is that 90% of your learning is going to be coming from other people's stories, not you telling your story. And so that's what's happening here. Giving leading to overcoming. And with a few more stories, I just pray that you guys find some strength from your human hope family, your Insta Familia family, so that you can continue to overcome. Here's a few more. Hey Carlos, it's Tasha from Dallas, Texas, and the other day my four-year-old came home and gave me his very last fruit snack and it warmed my heart. Thank you. Bye. Hello, my name is Lola Dave. I'm calling from Nigeria. The most impactful gift, I think it must have been when someone paid my bills, hospital bills. It was quite considerable and I mean that's impactful. I'm, I'm looking forward to paying someone else's bills too. Thank you. Good morning, Carlos. My name is Joy. I'm calling from Wayne, Pennsylvania. And I think the most unexpected gift, impactful gift that someone gave me was um, my dad was not a particularly um, demonstrative man. Um, he kept to himself a lot. But when I was in 11th grade, I guess a junior, I tried out for the lead in our play. It was a district-wide play, so several schools came together. Um, and I got the lead in the play, and I was so excited. And I ran to a film booth. Spoiler alert, I'm old. And um, called home to tell my mom, but my mom wasn't home and my dad answered. And I was so disappointed. Um, but I told him anyway that I got the lead in the play. And I asked him to please tell mommy. And when I got home that day from school, my dad, my dad made a poster and hung it up on our wall that said, congratulations, star. We're so proud of you. 
and that was really cool. And that was probably um, 40 years ago, and I can still picture that poster in my mind. Praying you have a blessed day. Thanks for letting me share. Hi, Carlos. This is Jody, and I'm calling from Vermont. The most impactful gift that I ever received was when my future daughter-in-law allowed me to go shopping for a wedding dress with her during COVID when she was only allowed a very limited number of guests because I had lost my daughter and she knew that that was a gift of an experience that she could give me. <sighs> Thank you, Jody. Thank you, all the Human Hope listeners, all the Insta Familia that shared their stories. You trusted me with your stories and I hope I cared for them well. Your stories will lead other people to overcoming things. And what I loved is that, I mean, I, I can't remember, but I don't think very many people, their gifts that were given to them had anything to do with money. Money's fine, but money isn't the thing that is going to necessarily get somebody through breakthrough, through overcoming something. It is your story. It is your time. It is your experiences. And I'm just grateful that you let me share it. Friends, we are done. We have finished another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. Woof. Woof. More, more like frogs in the throat in that episode than I have in any other episode. I, I just, when it's your baby girl, things get sentimental. So I needed to put a little Dr. Delight feel it at the end of this episode because I needed... <laughs> I needed to, to just feel a little bit of hype, a little bit of hype. Please do me a favor, if you guys wouldn't mind, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I think on Apple Podcasts now it's called Follow. When you guys subscribe, it really helps get this podcast in front of other people. So I'm just asking you, plain as day, take 10 seconds and subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast, and we will see you next week on another episode of The Human Hope Podcast. Podcast.